0: Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, and today we have one of my favorite sort of episodes where I'm interviewing a fellow author. So uh, I was lucky enough to be on Laura Noel's uh, podcast a few months ago. And now it's my turn. I get to have her on here. And she is the author of Rat Race Reboot unlock your full potential to achieve impossible goals, which is one of the things that I'm all about. So without further ado, let's roll the episode with Laura. You are jamming with Jason Mefford, where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others. Since really, all you need is love, and what the world needs now is love, sweet love. We discuss all aspects of self-improvement, Growth and so much more great content insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens you're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode so sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative authentic and entertaining podcast now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. Hey Laura, it is great to have you here. I love the I love the title of your new book and um love that we're able to connect. I know I was on your podcast a few months ago. We had a great discussion, so uh if people listening haven't heard it yet, go check that one out too. Uh, And we'll try to put a a link to that in the show notes too. But welcome, 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 welcome to the show. We be jamming this morning, yeah?
1: (laughs) We have. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you for hosting me too. And this has been a long time coming. And uh, we did have a great conversation on my show a few months back. So definitely uh, check out the link. Uh, It it was fun. So I've been looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's, you know, most people, they want to write a book. Right, it's like it's like uh, I don't know. Almost everybody it seems like wants to write a book. Probably not everybody, but but one of the things that's interesting too is that like from from professions that people really like their dream profession. Mm -hmm. um, One of the things that I'd read is that for women, it's to be an author, which is which is kind of interesting. But but I know so many people that do want to be an author, but it takes a tremendous amount of work. To write a book, (laughs) right? And so having written a few myself, I always love speaking with other creatives and authors and kind of the process you've gone through and the message that you're trying to present. Because I think, you know, putting, putting that information in book form so people can consume it and can have the information is probably one of the greatest services that we can provide to this world. So first off, applaud you.
1: Thank you. Right for being one of those people <laughs> trying
0: to help change the world. Um, but but let's let's kind of jump in. I mean, I, I love the title, Rat Race Reboot. So where did you get the title from and why that that line resonates with me a lot, but why does it resonate with you or why you're called yeah. the book that?
1: Yeah, you know, maybe about a year and a half ago, um, first of all, the the book writing journey. I was thinking about this earlier today. I that had a lot of like stop start stop start stop start since I want to say 2018 when I was first inspired to write a book and I remember listening to somebody talk about, you know, what it could mean for you to write a book and getting your voice out there in the world and sharing your message and when I was seeing other people's books up there on the screen I became overwhelmed with emotion. I'm in this big seminar room going, Laura Noel, what's wrong with you? Why are you about to cry? And then I, I just went and I wrote down all of these chapters with sub chapters, like right then and there. And I signed up for, um, coaching. I'd never done anything like this before. And I had a lot of false starts and stops, um, And in 2021, so I didn't actually leverage the coaching, but it did plant the seed and get me started. And I was still a part of her community. I reached out to her in 2021. And I'm like, I'm really doing it this time. But it's not the book that I originally intended. Mm. It was something completely different. And at that time, I was working with another coach, we had done a one day intensive kind of strategically planning the year and just getting really focused and tuning out the noise. And that's where my podcast was born and, and the idea of a book. Um, and I decided then that I wasn't going to let this opportunity, all of this work and spiritual work that we put into this one day together and really collaborating and brainstorming Um, my coach basically opened her Rolodex (laughs) to me, and um, I, I just took action. And so Rat Race Reboot came out of those discussions. First, it was the podcast. And the idea is to help people reset their mind, reawaken their spirit, so they can regain control over the things that they say are important to them, as opposed to um, and I've been in the rat race as opposed to external circumstances leading the way, you know, mm-hmm. other people, other people shooting on us, as I always say.
0: <laughs> and we <laughs> should on ourselves a lot too, right? Yeah. Other people do, but we do too, right? And you yeah. you shouldn't should where you eat, right?
1: I've heard that one too. <laughs> that Yeah, that's so true. And we do it to ourselves, right? Like we yeah. guilt ourselves. We and, and that just blocks the flow of energy. Um, and so that's what Rat Race Reboot is all about, is helping people to rediscover who they are truly and, and what they do is not who they are. It can be a part of who they are.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's an important thing, because I think um, it's who they are, not what they do. Right. That, that, you're, that you're kind of talking about, because to me, especially having come from the corporate world. That rat race of the corporate world, I totally get, right? And everybody who's listening that's in a corporate job, that way you can understand that. I mean, you feel like the little rat or the hamster on the, on the, on the wheel, right? You're yeah. just kind of going around, 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 around. You know, you get, you get up in the morning, you're tired, you know, you caffeinate yourself, you drag yourself into work, you know, you, you're, you're busy all day, you feel exhausted, you come home exhausted uh, you know, you flop yourself in bed and the next day you get up and you do the same thing over and over again, right? And before people know it, 10 years, 15 years has passed and all of a sudden people wake up and they're like, what the fuck, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's like, where did, where did that last 10 or 15 years go? But I think it's interesting because a couple of things you just said I want to dig into a little bit deeper where you said that it's about rediscovering who they are right not what they do and i and i know for myself i'm still working through this right but so much of the time we place or believe our identity is what we do i'm a doctor i'm a cpa i'm an author i'm a whatever right so you know how does how does that cuz i'm sure again a lot of people that are listening could be like hold it that's the way that i think about it, right? I mean, if you go to a party and you're meeting somebody and they say, "Hey, Laura, what do you do?" Yeah. What do you normally say because those things that come out of our mouth is typically how we I- identify ourselves, yeah. right? And so how how is that so damaging for people and why do you want to get people out of that?
1: Yeah, it's it's limiting. And I I experienced that same rat race i mean i was in the military at, for almost 28 years and that's similar to somebody that's been in corporate america right for that long of a time you get conditioned to act and be in a certain way and and follow these norms uh, and these guidelines that have been placed on us externally right and we start to believe that this is the way things are and we conform to it, um, and so it's. I want to make sure I address your question. What specifically did you want to get to in that?
0: Well, just just as far as uh, you know, because I think a lot of people, and it reminds me of the movie The Matrix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Red pill or blue pill. Right. Well, most of the people in the world are taking the the blue pill. Yeah. because they're in the rat race. They don't even realize, right, that, that that they're they're in those little machines and they're not actually living because they've been conditioned to believe a certain thing, do a certain thing, this is the only way that it can be. Yeah. And I think because it becomes so normal for people, they don't realize there's something even different.
1: Yeah. They do, well, they don't realize. And like I mentioned, it's it's limiting them. It's yeah. limiting their potential because they have so much potential and energy locked up inside of them. All of us do. And we're not we're not even expanding to our fullest potential. I always say we, we do when we're ready to assume the lotus position and and float up, right? We're ascend. That's when we've reached, you know, this potential on this body. But There's so much more that we can accomplish and, and we can get so stuck in not only the things that we've been doing, but we can get caught up in, in how we can grow and expand. We get caught up in the mechanism behind it because it's what we've always done. Mm -hmm. And you know the beauty when we get back to our creativity and we start to broaden our focus you know there's so much in in the way of neuroscience that talks about you know there's there's benefit in focus like laser pointed focus to accomplish things but when we want to tap into our creativity and intuition for example that inner voice of wisdom we want to broaden our focus and we do that by creating space for ourselves and when we can start to expand and listen to that inner wisdom and then actually follow that wisdom or curiosity that can lead to better and greater things and the beautiful thing is is it doesn't have to be more work or more effort it can actually be less work there could be a more effective way of you advancing your vision and if it's your corporate job, great, whatever that is, but also your, your purpose, your vision for your life, your joy, your mm-hmm. expansiveness.
0: Yeah. Cause it seems like, you know, again, I mean, like you said, the rat race kind of conditions us into thinking small into narrowing our focus, you know, and and honestly it's done so people can control you. Right. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, who wants a worker that's going to question everything you ask him to do or not believe something or not pay their taxes or whatever else, whatever other way your you know, systems or people are trying to control other people. But I think what's interesting is, like you said, in in, in doing that and in having that condition, we quit listening to our inner wisdom right we we don't even consider that and one of the one of the phrases that you use was reawaken spirit so can you talk a little bit more about that because that's a big thing for me and i think a, a a bigger uh theme for why to get out of the rat race and why to get rid of some of this conditioning but i think a lot of people don't even think about that as as what they're trying to do or what they should be should be doing
1: yeah yeah i think a lot of us myself included i was in this in the rat race too i was looking outside of myself for answers for solutions instead of tapping into myself and i thinking about somebody recently who i worked with who you know we're taught to oh my gosh i, I I'm experiencing burnout. I'm doing too many things. I'm not being effective. I need a time management tool or a productivity course or a you know some kind of program management thing. And I had somebody come to me that was a high achiever, um, wonderful in their career, wanted these things. And I'm like, well, I don't really teach that per se. I mean, I do have some tips, but you know, why do you want those things? What changes in your life happen as a result of you managing your time better? What does that look like? What do you really desire? And once he started kind of flipping it a little bit and and actually asking him those questions, himself, those questions, what do I want? What's different in my life? Um, I mean, rarely do people say, because I want to work more. I mean, we... <laughs>
0: i want to get more more meaningless shit done quicker right Right. yeah Yeah, exactly it's
1: usually because people want to um find what they're passionate about again they want to you know reconnect with relationships that are important to them reconnect with themselves sometimes people i know i was in this mindset i don't even know who i am anymore do i even want this How do I want to give? What's my legacy? And all of those things are inside of us. So, long story short, when he started living, tapping into his intuition, what he really desired, and taking those things seriously, and I had him put those on his calendar, you know, work will fill the time and space allotted. Those started becoming a priority and he found solutions that he wasn't really engaging with before, like um, empowering other people to take pieces of a project and not micromanaging so much. A lot of those things started to unfold naturally for him to where when he would go home, his family's like, his daughter's like, "What? why are you around so much?
0: Can, can't you leave me <laughs> alone, right?
1: Leave- <laughs> but those were the things that were important to him was like going the game going to the play being effective in work so you when you tap into spirit you can you don't necessarily have to sacrifice your effectiveness in the work that you love you can you can tap into spirit and a lot of times the the guidance you get is counterintuitive but it's more effective Mm. more rewarding. well
0: we got we got we got to come back to that one too because i think that's that's one that a lot of people don't realize or when they start to see that they really question it yeah but as you as you were talking it kind of reminds me you know there's this story right and it's not it's not a real story probably but but where where you know at the beginning the gods were were sitting around and they're like okay you know the the secret of the universe you know where are we gonna hide it because it's it's got to be something that people have to strive and work for right? Because that's, that's part of how we grow is, you know, by going through some of these challenges or by working and having to do what we have to do in order to grow and develop and evolve ourselves. And so, so they're sitting around and they're like, okay, so, so where are we going to hide this thing, right? To make it difficult for people to find it. And so one, one of the gods raises their hands and says, well, how about if we, if we hide it at the top of a mountain? And so they sat there and they debated that for a little while and they said well that's a pretty good idea but you know what eventually somebody's probably gonna climb all the mountains and, and they're gonna find it that we, we can't put it there and so one of the other guys raised their hand and said well <clears throat> how about if we put it in the bottom of the ocean that would be a harder place for them to go to than hiking a mountain if we hide it there maybe they won't they won't find it and so so they debated that for a little while and they said yeah but you know what that's it's kind of like the mountain it's it's still gonna be some place where people are gonna think to go and they're gonna they're gonna do what it takes to actually get there and 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 finally as they were talking one of the other ones said what if we hide it within the person and they're like they'll never think to look there <laughs> right and so like you said I mean I think a lot of times it's that inner wisdom it's reconnecting with who we are it's going within the answers are within yeah right we can listen to everybody else out there but as long as we continue to try to find our answers from external sources we're effectively kind of giving our power away to those other people and just doing what they suggest we should do which is often not the right thing for us when we're honest with ourselves right and it and it sounds like you kind of went through some of the, some of that kind of a, of an exercise with that guy i mean so what what are what are some of the things that you would do, or if people are like, "Hey, I, I think I want to start kind of doing that," well, obviously go buy your book because that's going to give you more information. <laughs> exactly. But what are what are some things that we can kind of give give people today to start kind of yeah. thinking about um, to 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 kind of realign or look inside and try to find that inner wisdom again? Because yeah. it's not as simple as I wish it were as simple as Laura take this red pill and yeah. everything will be fine. But exactly. it, it's not that easy. No.
1: And, and you know, I, I want to draw the distinction between working hard and doing the work. And the work is mm. in going going within, right? Um. And so first, you've got to set your sights on something you want, right? And that's why when I was talking with this gentleman, I'm like, why do you want time management? Why do you think you need it? What would change? And so I was you know, not everybody's like ready to go into like a dream state. So I was just like, practically, you know, what would be different for you? And so starting there, what, what would be different? What would you want to create? What would your ideal, your worthy ideal look like? Right? So you got to have that star that you're shooting for. So that's first and foremost. Then if you can imagine who you would be, When you've reached that vision, if you want more ease and flow, if you want more, if you want to be even more successful, wildly successful and have fulfilling relationships and um, downtime to play and, and explore art and creativity, that other side of you that maybe you used to dive into as a kid. What would Who would you be? How would you be showing up? How would that feel? So journaling about some of that. Maybe take a couple weeks every morning, just 10 minutes, like start there. And maybe the first few days you have pen and paper and nothing comes out, but just be persistent. You are the boss of you. You tell your brain what you want it to do and start to journal. And then another thing that I ask people to do is, Okay. Now that you're there, I want you to start a list of 50 things that you would do if you were that person right now, because I want them. You you already are that person. If you can imagine it, you already are. It just hasn't physically manifested in your life yet. So I have people write down 50 things that they would be, do, or have in that, that worthy ideal. And then I have them take another look at it and circle the things that they could do right now to some extent. So if, you know, if somebody wants to have somebody clean their house every week and maybe that's not feasible for them right now, well, what if they did it once for the season? Okay. You can do that to some extent. Um, if you want a material thing and it's like, I don't know, like a Lamborghini, um, maybe that's not feasible, but maybe you could test drive one. So I guarantee of that list of 50, probably at least 40 of them you can do to some extent. Now, if you have the dream home or your, your oasis where you can think and be, what are some pieces that you would have in that space to remind you of it? Can you go find a plant that you would have there and put it in your office now? So you want to get in the habit of, living from the end Mm -hmm. and when your intuition starts to guide you or you have an inclination to um call somebody or you have an idea to do something i had somebody that was like i have i have this this desire to like practice my hoops again but that's that's (laughs) frivolous and i'm like that is not frivolous because play is an essential part of your brain and creativity. That's, that's an, a part of your growth. So it's not even woo-woo. It's, it's science, right? It's, you know, so listen to those little nudges and take action on them. That's what I call taking inspired action.
0: Well, and I think that's good because like you said, I think often we will... Guess what's interesting, like the counterintuitive side of it is and this will happen to everybody who's listening because it happens to me and I'm guessing it happens to you the more we start to listen internally there will be things that come up that just don't make logical sense and we're like come on really I should go out back and shoot hoops for a half an hour each day or 15 minutes or whatever like I used to do when I was a teenager I mean, come on, I'm a responsible adult. I I can't spend 15 minutes just just practicing, you know, my free throws or my three-point jump or whatever, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not a professional basketball player. How is that going to help me in my career? Yeah. How am I going to make more money doing that? So, right? <laughs> right. And so we'll poo-poo it. Mm-hmm. But it's actually when you do those things and when you start taking some of that inspired action, yeah. because like you said, it's it's not just woo-woo. It's woo-woo, but it's science, mm-hmm. is that if shooting hoops makes you happy and you can spend 15 minutes out of the day feeling happy and being happy, yeah, boom, right?, that not only from a psychological perspective raises you know you to a different emotional state but it literally raises your frequency emotionally spiritually every other way as well Mm -hmm. to where you're actually in a in a much better spiritual state uh as well right and 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 what's interesting you know too because i heard you say work working hard is not the same as doing the work right and i think that's another thing that is often counterintuitive for people as they start going down this path a lot of the things of doing the work are simple easy things Mm -hmm. but because they're simple and easy we think they're not that's not what we should be doing, right? We need to be yeah. working hard. I need to be climbing Mount Everest. And if I don't get to the top of Mount Everest, then whatever, right? Yeah. But, you know, never never confuse the fact of simplicity with what's really important. And, and I was trying to, I was actually just listening to a recording this morning um, where one of my mentors said, I'm going to probably chop it up a little bit, but uh, where he pretty much said, it takes nothing but it brings everything Mm. it takes nothing to do that but it brings everything right and so i think sometimes the simplicity of feeling grateful for 15 seconds the simplicity of shooting hoops for 15 minutes in the backyard just seems so simple that we don't think it's working yeah or that it's helping but those simple things make all the difference
1: absolutely you know it's feeling is the conscious awareness of the vibration or energy we're in mm-hmm. and when we do these little things we're we're planting seeds we're getting in alignment with the end result that we want. But often we think it's not working. And so we're digging up those seeds and killing what we planted. And I, you know, case in point, when I first started on this journey, and I was working with um, Bob Proctor, I was in the military at the time, and I was wanting to start my coaching business. And I wanted to In order to feel good about leaving the military, I at least wanted to earn what I was earning as a good transition. And, but what we're told when we're working in in a service, we have to speak to so many people, like it's numbers, right? And this is what sales training will tell you, right? And so we have to talk to a certain number of people, a certain number of people will say no. And it, it. Anyway, I was already working like twelve hours a day with my commute back and forth, and I was building my business on the weekends. And so the number of people that I thought I needed to talk with was just—it just seemed insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And Bob asked me how many hours you work in. I told him, and he's like, "Hmm, that's not a lot of time." And he, like, he was very demanding. Like, he, <laughs> he would, would
0: not—he's—he's um, he's old school, kick your ass kind of guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, And so he's like, you know, I just want you to talk to two people a week. That's it. And if you're not moving, at least one of them work on your presentation. My business took off when I started doing that. It didn't make sense. It was counterintuitive, but immediately I felt Like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And I thought, my God, I can enjoy my weekends again in Hawaii. I was living in Hawaii. I can go to the beach, (laughs) you know, because I worked hard. You know, it wasn't that I wasn't a hard worker. I did, but I I, I was using grit to move me ahead in my life and in my career. And this was a completely different way of thinking. It was ease and flow. So I was more... When I was relaxing on the beach, when I was riding my little cruiser bike to the market, getting my green smoothies and just, you know, walking my dogs, playing fetch, hanging out with my husband, um, that's when I would have an idea, call Sally or um, connect with Joe. And those were the, I was getting downloads of who I felt could benefit from my coaching and who I I would want to talk with. And That's when my business started to explode. So I wasn't talking to massive amounts of people, far less, but I had so much joy Mm -hmm. in the conversations I was having. And then those individuals wanted my help. And that's how I grew.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's totally counterintuitive because everybody else would say you need to talk to 20 people a week, blah, 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 blah. Right. But what's interesting. And again, that, that is a great example of what we're talking to, what you're talking about here, right. Is that when, when you place all of that stress on yourself, of having to talk to so many people, because that's what the sales expert tells you that you have to do. And you have to put in a certain number of hours every week in order to make your business actually grow, right? Those are all things that we're taught. Those are conditions from the outside. And for most people, that creates a lot of stress in their life. And so again, let's say, you know, you you're spending an extra 10 hours a week stressing about meeting those numbers. Yeah. versus Bob coming to you and say, "Nope, just talk to two people. Just two people." Mm-hmm. Right? And so you go from maybe 10 hours of feeling stressed in the week to maybe an hour of feeling that joy, that lightness, that that peace. Maybe it's a complete 10 10 to 10 swap i don't know yeah but even one hour of feeling happy and feeling joy is going to allow you to receive much more than 10 hours of stress will. Absolutely. and so it, like you said it seems counterintuitive but that's really the way that it actually works
1: yeah And you can see how I would have limited myself if I were trying to cram in visiting 20 people on a Saturday or the weekend, right? I wouldn't have been effective. I would have thought I need to talk to more people. I'm not doing this right, right? Um, I would have been limiting myself and my reach and the number of people I was able to help.
0: Well, and what are some so that's a great example of kind of one of the counterintuitive things. What are some other counterintuitive things that people typically come across as they're starting to do this? Because I, I think what happens is is people listen to something like this and they're like, oh Laura, that's a great idea. They go and buy your book and they read it and they're like, oh, I love it. This is a great idea and then they start implementing it and a few of these counterintuitive things come along and they're like no it can't be that way and so they just kind of stop at that point because they're they're having some of this counterintuitiveness come in so so maybe what are some of the kind of common things that people might feel or or sense at, at this point so that People that are listening as they start to go through this process and they start to get these things, because I think sometimes that counterintuitiveness can feel like resistance. And so we want to stop. We just stop at that Mm -hmm. point. But but what do people typically kind of go through in some of those things?
1: Oh, my gosh, there's so there's so many. Um, Well, people think they can manage time, but they can't. They can only manage activities. So that's one. So they have to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say also, and I, I thought this too, I would look at my circumstances and decide that that was reality, but reality is really constructed from within. And that was like a big mind blower. Um, you know, our, when we look at current circumstances and results, from a spiritual perspective, we're in alignment with what we don't want, that energy. From a brain perspective, our brain can't see opposite ends of the same thing at the same time. So it can't see a problem and a solution at the same time. So if you want to achieve a level of success in your business, but you're seeing um you know, you're in the red and you're thinking to yourself, well, look at the results. I'm in the red. Um, You know, how can I stop the bleed? Your brain, because you're telling your brain, your subconscious mind, what's important by continually dwelling on it. Your brain is basically saying, well, here's more of that. Here's more evidence of that. It's kind of similar to when we say we want a red BMW and we didn't see them on the road before, but then now they're everywhere, now they're everywhere, but it's how your brain works. It's the filtration system of your brain. But if you can switch that to, okay, this is over here, this, this happened as a result of my past thinking, what would I rather instead? So it's counterintuitive to put your energy on what would I rather instead? Because we want to fix the problem. We want to focus on the problem, but we want to focus really on the solution. And when we focus on that worthy ideal, that's when we are priming our brain. This, you know, there's whole, all studies on like unconscious thought theory, um, goal priming. When When we're planting those seeds in our brain even when we are not consciously striving for that goal or that thing, when we're out in our lives, something might trigger that, that goal or that idea, that, you, that seed you planted. And that might be the solution, or it might you know, remind you to call somebody that, and they have the answer. So we can't see problems and solutions at the same time. We need to shift our focus. And that was hard for me to, to really understand too, going through this
0: well yeah and I and I think too it's the um you know we're 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 taught to problem solve yeah right I mean I I know for me vocationally I mean I'm a risk you know I've been taught in risk management I mean come on right that's problem solving right most most management is problem solving right and so, in our day to day rat race job, that's what we spend our whole day doing. That's what we get trained that we're supposed to do. That's what we get told that we're supposed to do. So, it's not a surprise that we all want to do it. Right. But, but usually the right way, like you said, is counterintuitive. It's like 180 degrees different than what we would expect. And so, that's why when you go back and you, you know, you read, Some of the different sacred texts right Mm -hmm. that a lot of times there are these counterintuitive things in there right when lao tzu says if you want to be straight be crooked you know most people would look at that and they're like huh (laughs) how does that make any sense oh if i want to be straight i got to be rigid no (laughs) if you want to be able to be straight you have to be curved Right. And allow yourself to be flexible. You know, when the winds, when the hurricane winds come, you have to be willing to and able to kneel, right, until the winds pass. And so that's why things like palm trees are actually stronger than oak trees, where most of the time we think, oh, the oak tree is solid. It is. But when 150 mile an hour wind comes, the oak tree gets uprooted. The palm tree bends and comes back up, right? And so some of these things are just so counterintuitive that we think they won't even work. But the only way you're going to know whether it works or not is if you actually do it, right? I mean, another way, and again, I mean, you know, everybody listening can think about this, right? Most of the time, especially like in business, right? We think that we need to show everybody how good we are we have to use our ego and we have to puff up our ego to convince other people or manipulate them into seeing how great we are okay but the real way is to be humble right just to be humble and to serve Right. So again, you're going to pick ego, you're going to pick humble. And again, the world would tell us, well, it's got to be ego because I got to convince Laura that I know what the hell I'm talking about. Right. And so I got to I got to show her how good I am and I got to use all my fancy language right, <laughs> yeah. to be able to convince you to let to, you know, to let me do or take your money from you or whatever it happens to be. Right and there's a lot of people out there we were talking about this before we hit record when you were talking we about your book yep and there were a lot of people that you're like man that's kind of ego it's kind of icky i don't really like that i want to do the other way yeah right?
1: which doesn't make sense i'm like which "But Laura, you don't know what you're doing but i'll figure it out
0: you'll figure it out and it feels yep. right yep. for you it feels aligned for you yeah and so that's that's the thing to do right and again I mean people that are listening might be like Jason come on that's that's just garbage right but but stop and think about people who you admire and people who you are willing to die for if you will right to 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 kind of use that and Laura has a military background right so that's always a great way of thinking about you know there's 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 certain commanding officers who instill fear and are egotistical mm-hmm. and you're required to follow orders ma'am right yep, yep and then there are other commanding officers who instill love with their people yeah they're exactly. not the flashiest they don't comb their hair right <laughs> You know, I don't know, whatever, right? I mean it it, it kind of reminds me of the old uh, uh 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 White Christmas movie with the the general in there and we'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go, right? Because he wasn't a flashy hard nosed kind of commanding officer, but he was he was somebody who actually loved his people and his people were willing to follow him into battle and again follow Mm -hmm. him into battle right there's the leaders who will go along and everyone follows them there's others who bark orders from the the hill outside of firing range right but which one of those kinds of leaders would you want to follow right and so again it's not the the humble is more of the way to go than to try to use your ego and there's a lot of reasons for that a lot of spiritual undertones with that as well but but yeah a lot of times it's it's completely 180 degrees of what you've been taught
1: yeah and if you're focused on ego and we all have an ego right but mm-hmm. if you're, that, that's your focus what you're not focused on is Solution finding. So I I don't even want to say problem solving. I just want to call it solution finding. There you right? go. If we, can, if we can reframe that, that would be helpful. If if you take one little nugget too, um. But yeah, there, there's so much power in, you know, when you are first for you to lead others effectively and be that leader that you're describing, you have to lead yourself first, and you have to one be aware that you don't know it all. None of us do. And it's a constant unfolding and learning. Um, you know, it's a, it's a journey of personal growth and peeling back those layers of the onion. And when you learn more about yourself, you understand other people much better. Um, and then you start to become that kind of leader that people want to follow that you would want to follow. Um, and you can learn, you can learn how to do this
0: yeah well i think it's important like you said i mean i i kind of try to say all leadership is self-leadership right that if if you don't start with yourself and it, it kind of you know ties in and kind of wraps up in a nice little bow some of the stuff we've been talking about yeah, right is that i think i think a lot of the times when when people find themselves in the rat race and they want something different you know, one of the first things that they go to is, oh, I want a different job or, oh, I want better relationships, which is fine. But we're always looking at those relationships of being relationships with other people. And probably the most important one is our relationship with ourself, right? Yeah. And getting back into tune with that, remembering who we are, Actually, you know, realizing that yes, we have the ego side of us, but we have the higher side of us as well. And listening to the higher side more than we're listening to the ego. And that will start to get you out of this rat race.
1: Looking within, like, yeah, when you, if you job hop or relationship hop and you feel like you're, I keep running into the same toxic people or relationships
0: because you haven't changed you're still (laughs) attracting those toxic people
1: yeah yeah you might want to look inside take some time
0: yeah well no it's been great um talking to you again i mean any last 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 bits of wisdom i know again you've got the rat race reboot podcast yes you've got the book uh as well but uh any 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 kind of final final thoughts that you want to make sure and leave people with today before we wrap up?
1: Yeah, you know, when you learn to get out of the rat race and really go within, it's a beautiful thing because in everyday seemingly mundane moments, you can have the presence of mind to find joy in them, and that's not just that's not a corny like card <laughs> inscription, but my life is so much more rich now in the day-to-day moments uh, because I learned to get out of the rat race. And I, I'm constantly relearning. It's not something that you set it and forget it. Um, so join us on the journey. It's it's worthwhile because you're going to experience so much more fulfillment and joy across all areas of your life.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too, it, it can smart, it can, it can smart. It smarts when I hit myself, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it 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 starts with the little things, and so too, you know. Again, I think a lot of times people think, "Well, that's great, but I don't have the time." But you know, fifteen seconds of feeling grateful, thirty seconds of you know feeling gratitude, you know, a minute of just sitting silent even just that little bit of time i mean it is it's so exponential it is so exponential but you cannot consciously comprehend it because things are working on a way deeper energetic and cosmic and spiritual way but i promise everybody who's listening 30 seconds is huge huge for yourself and for the whole world and the whole universe and if i mean imagine if everybody in the world could just spend 30 seconds a day feeling grateful what a different place this world would be
1: yeah absolutely
0: so laura thank you um you know people can reach out to you i I know you've got website and like i said we'll we'll put links um, below but thank you i i always appreciate talking to somebody else like you who thinks some of the same crazy thoughts that i do (laughs) (laughs) and understands that a lot of life is really counterintuitive um but but how much greater your life can be how much more potential uh you can have and how you can accomplish these what seem to be impossible goals uh, when you actually get off the rat race, you look internally, you start asking yourself some of these, some of these questions. So, so thank you. And, uh, hopefully we'll have you back later. Cause I, yeah I always love talking to people like you. So,
1: oh, I, my pleasure. It, this was wonderful. And definitely we will connect again. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.